Well, happy Sabbath, family. What a blessing it is to see you here again. Thank you for making time in your busy schedule to make room for a little bit of the Word of God and for making our church the place when you can have a personal experience with Him. We've been in this series that we've titled Getting Into Shape. And as we've been discovering week after week, there are some things in our lives that God made us specifically that way so that we can become the people that He made us to be. And uh, let's do a little didactic exercise here. And let's see how much of the series you remember. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Now, the, the SHAPE is an acronym, and we learned that the S stands for? Good. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Spiritual gifts. By the way, some of you have been asking about taking the inventory and discovering what each of the spiritual gifts mean. Uh, they are on our website. Remember, you can go check our website, and you can take the inventory there. You can find out what your spiritual gifts are and what they mean and how you can be used by God. The, the second... The third week, actually, we talked about the H. And the H stands for heart. And heart represents our passions, our likes, the things that drive us, the things that we're passionate about. Then last week, we talked about the letter A. And the letter A stands for abilities, abilities. Those things that we are born with that, that we, don't, we didn't have to practice too much. We didn't have to learn them. We just started doing it because God gave us that ability. Today we talk about, we'll talk about the letter P. And the letter P family stands for? Good, I haven't told you. You said it better than the rest. That's pretty good. P stands for personality, personality. Each of us has a personality, and, and, and today we'll discover what that means. Because, see, oftentimes we confuse our personality with other things. For example, I was talking to somebody just to see where we were in this personality thing, and, and I asked, what's your personality? And, and, and this person told me, well, I'm a phlegmatic. And you've heard about those things, right? Phlegmatic and choleric and melancholic and... Sanguine, right? It, well, those are good things because those, those things are our temperaments. They're not our personality. They're our temperament. Now, I talked to somebody yesterday and I asked the same question. What's your personality? And he said, well, I'm an extroverted. I said, well, no, that is, that, that is your emotional uh, 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 Energizer. See, if when you're an introverted, you like to be alone for a while when you've been with a lot of people for a long time. Can you guess what I am? I am an introverted, believe it or not. I am an introverted. Uh, sometimes I need to be alone to, so I can recharge my emotional energy. But uh, that is not our, our personality. So I went to the source of all knowledge. I went to Google and... Uh, and I discovered, I discovered that a personality is defined as qualities that make someone interesting or popular. Qualities that make someone interesting or popular. Now that's pretty interesting because, see, people, people have said, and this is scientifically proven, that in the first 30 seconds after you meet an individual, you decide if that person can become your friend or not. First 30 seconds. Now, those of you who work in sales, you should know this. First 30 seconds. 
Now, I truly went to the source of all knowledge, and I want you to go with me to see what the biblical definition of personality is. And it is in your notes. Let's go to Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And, and we'll study from the English Standard Version this morning. And it reads, And you shall love the Lord with your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. These four things are different personalities. Let me explain this to you. Personality is the way we act when a task is pre presented before us. When we are about to do something, when something is given to us, when an assignment, when a task is presented to us, we respond with our personality. Now there's four of them as you can see. See, and, and God, as it says in this text, He wants us to use our personality to worship Him. God wants us to love Him with our personality. Our problem is that oftentimes we've learned or we've taught that we have to love God and worship God with somebody else's personality. And that becomes a problem. Now, let me explain what the personalities are. There's four. First says, love your God with all your heart. Heart is the personality of those who are good at talking. There's a connection between the heart and the mouth. And we'll explain those later in more detail. See, heart is the personality of those who love to talk. How many of you are here today who love to talk? And some of you are about to elbow somebody, right? Well, that is a personality. You like to talk. The second is love your God with all your soul. Soul. And soul is for those who are good at feeling. These are called feelers. They express their emotions at every moment and every time and every opportunity. The third one says, love your God with all your mind. You guessed it. These are people that are good at thinking. How many of you are thinkers? How many of you think they're a thinker? <laughs> now, the, the next one is strength. And strength, love God with all your strength, is for people who are good at doing things. These are doers. So see, there's four. They're talkers, they're feelers, they're thinkers, and they are doers. Doers. See, we all have a mix of these four. See, these four personalities are together the personality of God. God has these attributes. God is a talker. We have his word. God is a feeler. He feels for us. God is a thinker. He's planned it all ahead of time. And God is a doer because he is the only one that gets it done. Are you with me? So we all have a mixture of all these four personalities. However, we always have one that is dominant. And that dominant personality is the one that more describes you. And as we learned this morning with this text in Mark, God wants us to use that personality 
to worship Him and to love Him. Now let's visit the first one. Let's look at the talkers. The talkers. Now let me see. Raise your hand again. How many talkers do we have here? Okay, some of you are like, eh. All right, talkers, talkers. Now, talkers love God with their hearts. See, now we have to ask the question, what is the connection between the heart and the mouth? Because anatomically there's not too much except the airway. But biblically there's a lot. You see, what you believe in your heart, it's what you talk about. See, if there is someone who has issues with cursing, issues with, with, uh, with, with harsh words, it's not an issue of the mind, it's an issue of the heart. If there's somebody who's judgmental and critical, it's an issue of the heart. If there's somebody who, who expands details or just plain lies, it's an issue of the heart. See, Jesus said it this way, for the abundance of the things that are in the heart, the mouth speaks. So there is a great connection between the heart and the mouth. So talkers, talkers use their heart all the time. Everything that is in the heart comes out at any moment without measure or regard for other people's ears. Now, let me take you to the Bible. Psalm 40 verse 10 says, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. He says, I just didn't keep it there. He says, I have spoken. You see, talkers have the ability to not keep secrets. Because it is, if it is in their heart, it's going to come out. And it says, of your faithfulness and your salvation, I have not concealed your steadfast, steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. You see, talkers love to sing. Talkers love to sing. It's in the words. And you can tell who is a talker because they know the words of every single song. They like words. Now, talkers have a purpose. And the purpose of talkers is that we need good communication. We need people who are able to put ideas together and share them with the rest. We need to have that, that, that link between ideas and understanding. So, so we need talkers because talkers have the ability to communicate ideas. See, we need people who lead in discussions. We need people who, who, who can teach and verbalize these ideas. We need teachers and counselors. We, we need talkers. If you are a talker, use your words for good. And there's two ways that you can use them. Use them to heal a heart. And use them to give advice for people to not get into trouble. 
now. But weakness, uh, uh, talkers have a weakness. See, they, we all do, but, but the weakness of the talker is that, is that they talk too much and they do too little. Because, see, people who are talkers, people who are talkers are normally insecure people. It, it, when they're showing their weakness, they're insecure. So they're trying to cover their insecurities with talking, 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 talking. And what happens is that oftentimes they try to talk too much to show that they, they are intelligent. And when that is the case, it becomes a weakness because, see, every time you talk too much, there is a greater chance that your foot will get in your mouth. And we can think of a great example of that, politicians. They talk too much, but they do too little. And oftentimes, their foot is in their mouth. And that's why we created memes. I'll give you that homework later to figure out what that is. So, so what happens is that the talkers, they have this great ability, they have this great purpose, but when they don't use it properly, it becomes a weakness. But see, also with, with every personality, there is a warning. There is a warning. And the warning is that if you're going to talk the talk, you need to walk the walk. See, many times words are just not enough. And there's something that needs to be done. There is sometimes your words need to be planned. There needs to be a moment of silence. You see, talkers, when there's a moment of silence, they're thinking, when is he going to say something again? You know, I can't stand this silence. Because see... Oftentimes, we need to stop, take a deep breath, and think, and pause. Because the next thing that we're going to say has the ability, says uh, Solomon, that our, our tongue has the power to kill or to give life. Proverbs 29.20 says, do you see a man who is hasty in his words? For a woman, there is more hope for a fool than for him. So talkers, God wants you to worship, to wor for you to worship him with your words. But not just any word, a word that is planned, that is planned, that is thought out, that is considered. Now, we talked enough about the talkers. Let, let's move to the second one. And the second one is the feelers. Feelers love with their soul. With their soul. See, the soul in the Bible is, is sometimes synonym with emotions. We have emotions because God has emotions. And we were made that way because we are made in His image and likeness. We look like Him, and we also experience life like Him. So what God, the Bible says, that He feels anger, and He feels joy, and He feels sadness, and He feels happiness. And so do we, because we're made with that same packet of emotions. That is why, feelers, we need to worship God also with our emotions. 
We need passionate people. Psalms 42.1 says, As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Definitely this was written by a feeler. Can you imagine that deer panting around the forest, coming down the hill, all thirsty in the heat of the day, and then he finds this refreshing cold water in the brook. And now this deer leans over, reaches with his neck, and tastes the beautiful, refreshing, clean spring water, not from a bottle. And he drinks it and says, oh God, this is how my soul feels when I think about you. Now you see this was written by a feeler. And a thinker is saying, just drink the water. Get hydrated. You know? but, but see, this is what happens. This is what happens. We oftentimes confuse somebody else's personality as wrong when it's just different than ours. Now, feelers, feelers were placed on this planet by God because feelers are compassionate. And one thing that we need in the world, family, is that we need compassion. We need, we need people who cares, people who cares about others. Help, to help others soothe their pain. You see, if, if somebody comes to you with, 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 a, with, a, with a personal problem, with an issue, with something that is heavy, and a burden that they carry, and they come to a talker and share their problem, the talker is going to keep them counseling for two hours. See, the thinker is going to give this person the three reasons why she feels like that. And a doer is going to say, well, just get busy and do something else. But the feeler is going to listen. And when there's a tear, it's going to shed a tear too. And when there is a laugh, it's going to laugh together. Because feelers are compassionate people. But they have a weakness. And is that feelers tend to act oftentimes based on emotions, without thinking. And, 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 and feelers tend to be manipulated by their moods. If they feel happy, everybody's going to be happy. But if they feel angry, watch out, world. Now, one of the things that happens with feeler is that oftentimes they make the decision or make a decision saying, well, when I feel like it, I'm going to do it. You see, I've met a lot of people being a pastor for over 20 years that, that when they're about to make the decision for be, to be baptized, it does not become an intelligent decision. It becomes an emotional decision. And they say, I will be baptized when I feel let. When I feel it. But see, this is what happens. If we allow our lives to be guided by decisions, only when we feel like it, the devil is going to make you never to feel it. So, See, God didn't, make, didn't give us a soul to make decisions. He gave us the brain to make decisions. Are you with me? So as important as feelings are, we cannot be dominated by our emotions when we make decisions. Now there is a warning that I want to share with you or feelers. Feeling without the Spirit of God is dangerous. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
Are you with me? Are you breathing this morning? A lot of the things that we feel like doing are not necessarily good. You know, like uh, 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 the other day I heard somebody talking about this song that, 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 that says, if, uh, if feeling like this is wrong, I don't want to be right. Definitely written by a feeler. <laughs> See, that is not what we're talking about here. That's completely the opposite. That is what, it, what we're saying, that when somebody's dominated by emotions, by feelings, the decisions that we make will be most likely wrong. Wrong. So feelers who are Christian have to think about this. It is okay to follow your feelings. But when you're led by the Spirit, you will follow the right ones. Let me explain. When we make decisions based on our emotions, on our feelings, and our decisions are not in agreement with the Word of God, most likely what we feel, it's going to be wrong. So that is the moment when you have to make a choice. Do I follow the right feeling or the wrong feeling? So if you follow the Word of God your, and your feelings are in agreement with the Word of God, your decision is going to be right. But if your feelings are not in agreement with the Word of God, most likely your decision is going to be wrong. Are we, are we feelers? Are you okay with that? Okay. Now, let's talk about the third group. And the third group are the thinkers. The thinkers. And thinkers love God with their minds. Thinkers are logical. They're analytic. They're intellectual. And let me tell you something. Yes, you can worship God with your mind. You can worship God with your thoughts. You can worship God with your philosophical tendencies. Yes, you can. Psalm 119.97 says, Oh, how I love you, your law. It is my meditation all day long. And as we learned a couple of weeks ago when we had the seminary on, uh, seminar, I'm sorry, seminar on, uh, on uh, meditation, we discovered that biblical meditation is having the thoughts of God in your mind. Not emptying the mind, but filling it with the Word of God. So, Thinking about that, this is what, what the psalmist is writing here. I enjoy your law. And by law, he's talking about the Word of God, the Torah, the, the Bible of the time, the first five books in the Bible. And he's saying, oh, I read them. I think about them. I, 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 I try to understand the concepts because I'm thinking on it every day, all day long. Now, some of us who are not thinkers, we're thinking, oh, that's boring and tedious. In fact, I'm already falling asleep just thinking about it. But thinkers, thinkers are just amazing because, see, thinkers, a thinker, once he discovers the truth in the Word of God, falls in love with the Bible. A thinker starts finding different kinds of Bible studies. A thinker answers all the questions. A thinker takes notes. And some of you are like, see, I'm a thinker. <laughs> thinkers have a purpose, family. And the purpose of the thinker is to consider the complexities of life that are surrounding us. 
See, thinkers are placed on this earth to solve the problems that all us feelers think good about or feel good about. Thinkers are placed on this earth to make the complex decisions and to understand the, the pros and cons of things that all of us talkers only complain about and talk about. Socrates said, the unexamined life isn't worth living. What do you think it was? The unexamined life isn't worth living. That's what Socrates said. What do you think he was? He was a thinker, right? If you don't think about your life, you shouldn't be living at all. That's what he's saying. He was a thinker. But see, thinkers also have a weakness. Oh, yeah. See, nobody's perfect. And the weakness of a thinker is that they're prideful and also suffer of indecision. See, when a thinker is educated and has read more books than normal people, they think that nobody's as smart as they are. They look down on people. Have you met a thinker like that? Okay, don't look at them. Thinkers like that, they are set in their ways. And because nobody is as smart as they are, nobody has read the books they have, their opinion is worthless. Because I am right. But the problem with that is that they think about so many options, so many variables, so many, so many scenarios that they never make a decision. Thinkers like that, extreme thinkers like that, take a very long time to get married. Or they don't. Now you're looking at other people. And the feelers are, oh. And the talkers are, I told you he was a thinker. There's a warning for the thinkers. Practice humility and practice what you know. And remember one thing, God is God, you are not. He is perfect, you're not. Now, have you ever prayed the prayer, God, humble me? Please never pray that prayer. And I'm going to tell you why not. Because it's not biblical. In the Bible, you will never find any moment when Jesus said, pray for God to humble you. But you will find that the Bible says, humble yourself. Thinkers, you who can make decisions, but know all the variables for them, remember this. Being humble is a choice. And it's your choice. Humble yourself. You have to make that decision. So when you find somebody who is prideful like that because they're a thinker, they haven't made the decision to worship God with their thoughts. Oops, I said it. James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word 
and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's kind of funny because since I began my ministry, I always gave notes for people to fill out on, on the sermons, just like you have them. And, and one time, one time, uh, this lady from the church where I was, I'm not going to tell you what church, but it's somewhere in L.A., uh, <laughs> Uh, this lady came to me and said, Pastor, you know, I have all the notes from all the sermons that you preach in our church. And I said, that's pretty cool. And I'm thinking, what is it that in every problem, in every argument, in every conflict that we have in our church, you're in the middle of it? If you understand the truth... If you have acquired knowledge, thinkers, put it into practice. And let me tell you something. This is for everyone, doers, thinkers, talkers, feelers, everyone. You don't really believe what you learn until you do it. Let me say it in case I missed it. You don't really believe. What have you learned until you do it? I'm going to try again, just in case. Just in case somebody's just waking up like, what, what, what? For the talkers. I'm going to say it again. You don't really believe what you learn until you do it. If you don't put it into practice, you haven't learned it, therefore you don't believe it. So all of you who said amen just right now need to put it into practice. So fill out your shape form. Put it into practice. Now, let's go to the fourth one. And this is, this is the doers. The doers love God with their strength. These are the energy activists in the world. These are the get her done people. Psalm 116.16 says, O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. So in other words, he's just ready to go to work. Generationally, this guy is ready to do things. I am your servant, my mom was your servant, and now I have nothing to tie me down, so what do I do? Put me to work. You think it's a doer? These are the guys that are sitting on the bench and they're always saying, coach, put me in, put me in, put me in. Now, doers have a purpose. And the purpose of the doers, family, is that their contribution is to get things done. We need people of action in the world. We have a lot of talkers, about a quarter. We have a lot of feelers, about a quarter. We have a lot of thinkers, about a quarter. But we also need people to get things done. In the corporate world, they came up with this idea that in every organization, in every industry, in every group of people, there's what they call an 80-20 rule. When 80% talk, think, feel, but 20% get it done. 
And this, that's pretty much in agreement with what we're learning today. But I also believe that there's people who make it happen. There's people who watch things happen. And then there's people who ask, what happened? <laughs> because life goes through and you miss it when you don't do anything. See, there's one thing that will never come back. And that is time. And if you don't make the decisions to act when you have to, when you have the chance, when you have the opportunity, it's going to be very difficult to make it up. Because time is going to be gone. Now, doers also have a weakness. And the weakness of the doers is that they easily become workaholics. You understand the term? They're addicted to work. They're always busy, 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 busy. You know somebody like that? You call them on the phone, what are you doing? I'm busy, I'm working. Don't distract me. How was your week? Oh, super busy. I was benching all week, but busy. They have been saying, they have this saying, when your work speaks for itself, don't interrupt. Now, this workaholics, this doers, addicted to work, like everyone else, comes with a warning. Don't become an addict. Proverbs 23, 4 says, do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. Wealth is not a bad thing. Remember, we learned last week that God gave us abilities to make a living. But when that becomes the end, the point of life, our only purpose, we already miss life because we're going to be so busy working that we're going to miss the rest of life. You know, when I, was, when I was younger and we had our first son, somebody told me, you know, and you heard it before, kids grow up so fast. You heard that? Probably you've said it. And you probably said it because everyone says it. But see, now when I look back at my kids and I see that they're just as tall as I am or taller and that soon they're not going to be in my house anymore, I praise God for that because they are growing. Because they're growing. They're, they're fulfilling their lives, not because they're leaving. I'm a feeler. And see, life just goes by real quick. Goes by real quick. And if you don't pay attention to it because you're busy working, 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 working. All of a sudden, you're going to turn around. And you are not going to know who these people are. Because the moments that we have are very, very few. We get addicted to what makes us comfortable. We get addicted to what we enjoy. And we, we become addicted to it. And that's why video games are so addicted. That's why YouTube is so addictive. That's why Facebook is so addictive. Because we're comfortable and we only look at the things that we like to look. And we don't like it. We just don't like it. And it's easy to get addicted to those things. See, one time a father calls his, calls his house. 
the, the landline. You remember those? The landline. And he called the house and the son answered the phone. And the son says, hey, son, how are you? And the son says, fine, dad, I'm here. What are you doing? The father asked. And he said, I'm here watching TV. Oh, good. Let me talk to your mother. And he said, well, she's outside. She's painting the house. And now the father is thinking, you're watching TV inside? Your mother is painting the house? And he says to his son, son, you got to go into the garage and get the other brush and help your, mother, help your mother. And he said, dad, I can't. My grandma has the other brush. <laughs> you see, what happens in life, family, is that many, many times, many, many times, we think that because somebody else has the brush, we can't do anything in this life. We think that because somebody else is doing it, I don't have to do it. Because I don't have that personality, I don't need to do it. But see, God asked us, family, that it doesn't matter what personality you have, there is something that you can do to worship God and to love people. God made us different with a purpose. God made us special with different personalities, with different abilities, with different spiritual gifts, with different passions, so that you can be the person that He made you to be. Are you with me? What are you waiting to experience life at its fullest? Let God take care of who you are. And the things that you don't have, God made you like that so that you can have what He gave you. And oftentimes we're so focused on the things that we don't have that we miss all the things that God has given us. And God is saying, no. Don't try to worship God like a thinker. You are a feeler. Don't try to worship God like a doer. You are a talker. You see, in people, I was reading in, in, in an article a few weeks ago when I was thinking about this thing, uh, this series, that I was a thinker at that moment. And uh, that uh, this, this counselor, Christian counselor, asked the people who came to him with problems about their problems, and the first thing that he would ask was, are you singing the songs they sing in your congregation? Are you singing the songs they sing in your congregation? And he discovered, he writes in the article, that all these people who were depressed and they were mad and they were sad, they, they said, well, you know, I just enjoy the Word. So I come in at the time of the sermon. I'm not telling you to come earlier. No. I'm telling you to take advantage of the things that God has given you. I'm telling you to take advantage that if you are a talker, you need to talk the words of God. You need to sing those songs. If you're a doer, you need to put your worship into action. If you're a thinker, you need to meditate on what is in front of you so that you can make the decisions for God. And if you're a feeler, there's nothing better than to worship God face to face. But whatever your personality is, even if you were missing it, even if you haven't been experiencing it to the fullest, Jesus can still rescue you. Jesus can still work in you so that you become what He made you to be. So this morning, uh, the group is going to sing this song as we meditate on how God wants us to experience our personality.
Did I stray so far off course? How can I get back to the shore? Lord, here I am. time, I want to, to send an invitation to all of you that whatever your personality is, 
that deep inside perhaps you've been fighting because you are not comfortable with the things of God. Maybe because somebody who was a thinker is telling you how to do your relationship with God and you're a feeler. Maybe because you're the other way around or maybe because you're not doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing that God made you to do and you're uncomfortable with that because you're not using your talents to love others and God. But today I want to tell you that Jesus is still willing to rescue you. Jesus is still trying to tell you this is the way I made you. This is the form, the shape that I made you to love and to worship and to, and to shine and to, and to be the person that I made you to be. And if you want to take his hand and, and come out of the deep waters, come out of the storm of life and say, Jesus, rescue me. Today, I want to pray for you. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we, we, we're in this boat. But oftentimes, Lord, we, we jump. We jump because we're not comfortable. We jump because we're not happy. We jump because somebody tried us to be something else that we are not. Sometimes we've jumped because of our own decisions, and sometimes we've been pushed off. And Father, when we try to swim, when we try to, to save ourselves by doing the things that we learned, by to, doing the things that we were told, by doing the things that are not who we are, we just find ourselves sinking deeper and deeper. But Father, there is something that we learned this morning, is that you made us with a set of skills that can help us to rise to the top. And not just to get our head above water, but to be completely, completely out of it. And Father, I pray that the power of Jesus be with every single one of us. That your Holy Spirit can guide us to be the people that we want to be. For those who are talkers, give them the words of life. For those who are feelers, give them a heart like Jesus. For those who are thinkers, Lord, May they meditate on your words. And for those who are doers, help them, Lord, to do your will. And Father, we pray that together we can await happily and joyfully in unity the coming of our Lord. We thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.